Dead Bod Rap Pod. Get your boarding pass ready. We're talking about uh, going places. Um, I am one of your Dead Bod hosts, Demon Carter, a.k.a. Dem One, joined by my fellow mellows, uh, Mr. Nate LeBlanc. How's it going? I'm good. Um, never been on tour, but have traveled fairly extensively in my life. So, you know, it's good. Um, yeah. And apparently you're going to have to have like a new ID to get on a plane. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Have you guys done that? Um, no. I'm, 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 filling it, I'm filling it out right now. But isn't, <laughs> but, but isn't it like you can still use your passport though, right? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to yeah. get a new ID. Fucking DMV. I know. No one wants yeah. to do that. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, and then we also have the mercurial Mr. David Ma. How's it going? <laughs> going well, man. Good to see you guys. Good yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we, we back in it. Um, 2019 rolling along. Uh, so travel, we're going to get into like tour life shit in our, in our next segment, but just in general travel, um, everybody travels different, uh, for work. I have to travel with groups of people and then you kind of learn everyone's fucking idiosyncrasies with how they, with how they travel. Um, Nate, have you ever flown first class or business? I never have. I'm, uh... Luckily, I have no legs, so it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm the perfect person no, to totally. sit in an economy seat. Totally. Oh my God. A little wide, but definitely not that long. So it's just like, no, dude, I haven't. I would love to. I have a friend who um, travels a lot for business and has mm-hmm. like a very high profile job, and he's like a nerd about like uh, the first class with like the cabins and like the sleeping pods. Oh and like, God, one nice. time he was visiting and I gave him this uh, New Yorker article I had just read about how they're like shaving like sixteenths of an inch to from make the it shittier things. Yeah. To like, oh, right, right. Keep the plane light and stuff. And he was just like in heaven. And I'm always one of those people who walks through that section going like, who, what do you do? <laughs> how did you get here? right? Totally. <laughs> totally. Like, you know, totally. uh, my, level of travel and what i find to be acceptable has changed a lot as i've grown and become an adult and my life my wife really likes researching trips so mm-hmm. she finds us nice places to stay but i have also stayed in some like shitholes like of course uh, it's part of traveling you know? yeah when i was younger i didn't care about anything including right, food right, right, which right. now i'm like what what did we eat like where did we eat i don't we ate hip-hop bro food was not a part of it <laughs> at all um so my standards have kind of risen and i am a little bit of a snob these days but not big enough to go first class yeah well it's like traveling while you're adulting now you know what i mean yeah so for sure or at least trying to dave ever first class did never never really never wax poetics never kicked down <laughs> i kind of can't see it happening at this point no, i'm like totally. when, when am i gonna get that lottery totally, ticket or what's totally. gonna happen uh, and i would feel like it's a waste you know what i mean and and like nate said like i'm, I'm a short dude too so <laughs> i mean i put my feet on the tray before me, like in front of me so <laughs> Damn, nah, man. Have you? No, nah, I haven't. But okay. but going, uh, doing my first uh, flight to Asia, I was like, nah. Next mm. time, fuck that. Mm. Like, I'm. This is happening for me. This you is need a to life, be okay. pampered. This is a life goal because it's one thing when you're on fucking Southwest and you're going to to LA for an hour, or or even the East Coast for five or six right, hours. Right. To be on a shit for fourteen hours with my knees and my chest and like yeah, I'm just like and meanwhile you walk past these people that have like fucking cryogenic sleep pods totally and fucking (laughs) blankets and oh man, I I was so fucking jealous. Well, the 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 remedy to that is um, Xanax. 
<laughs> bruh, seriously. Bruh, you you b- being the good friend you are, you offered me that before I got on the plane. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm I'm just gonna take an edible, which actually is Kinda maybe not worse. the best right, thing. Right. So right. yeah, so I'm I'm in midair, whatever, we leave San Francisco. And maybe an hour in, we just hit some dumb turbulence. Oh like, God. like that turbulence where the fucking pilot, the pilot says, "Hey, crew, sit your ass down." <laughs> <laughs> so, so my edibles are kicking in. Oh I've, 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 I've had maybe thirty whatever milligrams of whatever. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but usually on a flight, I'm like, "Oh, this is cool, cruising yeah, yeah. altitude." Yeah. Yeah. This, like this movie will be great. <laughs> oh my God! So I literally had to like develop buddhist practices <laughs> to not like fucking freak out like i was seriously sitting there totally. like doing deep breathing like it the shit was for about 45 minutes i was in pure hell about to jump out no it's that's the worst dude turbulence is the worst dude yeah especially, especially when i'm like stoned yeah where i'm stoned we're over the pacific there's not gonna be like totally. there's no landing any fucking where yeah. um but Look but, at your watch. There's only 13 hours left. Oh you know, God. <laughs> you look at the the uh, thing the where they show you where the plane <laughs> is, and because the plane is uh, cartoonishly large, it's still in San Francisco. Totally. <laughs> yeah, that um, that that was a little tough. I have a little mantra I say on takeoff, less so on landing. Um, and I'm not going to repeat it because it's like private. But I have a thing I do to calm myself. So I know what you mean about mm-hmm. like going, going internal Same. and just mm-hmm. like letting, like kind of like surrendering to the situation. Right. And you right. you have to uh, because like flying actually because I used to make fun of people. I have a boss and a mentor who is like John Madden afraid of flying and I always make fun of her. Um, but I I get it now in the sense that we're not supposed to fucking fly. That doesn't wait. Right. That's some inhuman shit right. if we really think about right. it you're not supposed to be propelled through the air at 700 miles an hour mm-hmm. in this fucking cabin with all mm-hmm. the noise or whatever and so now i'm like oh okay i i i get it i get it xanax like a light i'm going next time dude yeah, yeah. And it's changer. not even like you will sleep better but it's also like that weird like numb calm right that right. like pharmaceutical commercials promise mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's right. like it's just like you're like i'm cool yeah. yeah, like yeah. I don't care. The fuselage is tearing apart, but you know what? <laughs> Chilling. Uh, I have a couple of other weird quirks about planes. I don't. Uh, I don't like taking anything from them. Like I don't have a coke. I don't have a beer. What? I'll, I'll barely have water. I only take water if I didn't buy some in the airport. Dude. Like I, for whatever reason, and on long flights you have to. Like you just have to like put something, some fuel in the tank or whatever. But like I'm very weird about it. Like that to the weird. point where I'm just like. No, like, have you and, heard and that I don't con- even really want to talk to them or interact with them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Ha- have you heard the Kanye story about no. the bottled water? So apparently he's on a flight and he has to be in first class and they give him a bottled water. I can't forget who was relating this story. They were sitting next to him and he's like, oh, great. Now I'm responsible for this. Yes. I have heard that before. <laughs> and that's kind of that's that's kind of that's it. It's talk, like then, then you have to like. If you take like the peanuts, then you crumple up the peanut paper and you put it in between right. the flight magazine right. and the barf bag, right. and then you have to like, then you have to like wait till they come by and like time it out. I hear you. Um, I hear you. My optimal thing would be to sit in an exit row, tell them I would be capable of operating the door, even though I don't know if it's true. I right. do that every time. Watch like five movies yeah. and just like never yeah. think about the people next to me clipping their toenails or like, <laughs> you know, just like the kid crying and just like go Ugh. really deep into like cinema and like i have this weird thing and i think this is true of everyone but i don't hear people talk about it that much uh i get I'm, I'm much more emotionally affected by movies when i'm in an airplane really yeah so, like, i feel okay. like that too i cried at megamind <laughs> 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 <And> like, <laughs> i still like 
love that movie. That's I've like rewatched it several times and I never cried again. It's not a crying movie. It's oh, not like Old Yeller or something yeah. like that. Like it's like same. I, uh, I don't know what the what the what the effect is. Yeah, being in a in a vessel in the sky makes I it know. more emotional. Yeah, I saw an episode of ER. Went home. <laughs> And bought season one on DVD because I was like, "This is great, babe." We got the the like, emotional like, best evidence. '90s hospital totally. show I've ever seen. <laughs> Who's oh. this George Clooney guy? He's gonna go in places. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are freaking hilarious! It's so weird. Generally speaking, I love airports. I love flying. I love hotels. I love not knowing where I am. I love to right, travel, right, um, right. and I've been very lucky to be able to go some places in my life. And mainly, it's because of people watching. Like one hundred percent. I don't. Even though we were like five minutes from the airport sitting here in my living room, um, I would go to the airport just to look at people. Totally. Dude, Most totally. people are boring business travelers, yeah. but then you just see the weirdest people. You're like, how mm-hmm. the fuck did you afford an airplane yeah, ticket? Totally, You're bizarre. Totally. Yeah. Dude, no, I, I have a thing. I, I share your, your people watching uh, experience in the airport. That's the best. I have a thing about airport kisses. Ah, people mm, kiss- you love them. I, and I, I, all right, fine. I look like a pervert. But, handsy, handsy. But, uh, <laughs> But people embrace and kiss in a fucking airport with a, a level of intensity and passion right, that right. It, it surpasses porn. Right. Like people are like, people I are like never going to see, see each, each other, other again. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm and airport kissed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's a, an acceptable platform to be like, all right, we're going in. Yeah, for we're it. going yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. PDAs in the airport <laughs> right. are are totally are totally fine. Your arms are crossing behind their back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Asphyxiating your loved ones <laughs> as they get on Southwest Flight 292. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I I share your 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 love of of travel and just being in different locales and like looking at motherfuckers. Um, it's the best thing, feel one of the best feelings in the world, and also totally. you know to be remind to be reminded to like you feel small. It's like whoa! Totally. I'm looking up everywhere I go. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Like the world is is like teeny tiny. Right. Um, ho- hotels, hotel pet peeves. Um, I've I've been on like uh, road trips in Middle America where I could not believe how gross the there really motels were. Right. Um, right. I went on this road trip. Um, I don't remember what year it was, but it was the early 2000s. This will help date it. Uh, my cousin and I were driving across country. She bought a car out here and had to drive it back to New Orleans. And so um, I was underemployed and young, so I just went with her for fun. And every night we would get like a bottle of Jack Daniels and go back to whatever motel we were staying in. They were like 30 bucks in like New Mexico or Texas mm-hmm. uh, to see where Barry Bonds was in his uh, home run chase. Oh, okay. oh wow. Okay. Yeah, wow. so okay. I don't remember what year that was, but it was that year. You're uh, a real fucking American. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> we were out there experiencing America. We didn't That's stop cool, a ton, but we like we went to Vegas and won a couple of different hands on the Wheel of Fortune slot machine, okay. and it basically paid for the trip. That's amazing. Yeah, I had a, I had oh, a great shit. time. She actually dropped me off in Memphis, and I stayed with some friends out there, and um, she went back to new orleans and i went on this amazing digging trip that's like, amazing is my, that right my really good friend barbie i don't know if she ever listens but shout out to barbie like drove me around and took me to all these junk shops and Dope. record stores and secondhand stores and like i came up pretty hard uh wow. on some memphis records that was like that was one of the best trips Dope. of my life yeah route 66 it's like, it's like buying a new suitcase to like get nice. home wow. <laughs> yeah wow. it was tight that's dope. That is dope. But anyway, the whole point you asked, like, those motels were, like, gnarly, dude. Yeah. I'm just like, that's blood. 
Like there's there's nothing that is except <laughs> no for no black blood. light needed. Totally. You're like, could you guys vacuum up the meth, it's please? Like, you, <laughs> could you? You don't change your clothes. You don't like. You just take the comforter off because somehow the internal sheets are going to be better, right? Right. Right. Or right at least right. less egregious. Totally. At the Bed Bug Inn in uh, in Nashville. Yeah. So I've stayed yo- some gnarly. Places. That's part of the young traveling experience. Though, Absolutely. Right? You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Totally. The shorts you took, like five guys in one Motel totally. Six. Totally. I remember like B Boy Summit ninety something. So we all like piled up and went together uh, and like sleeping on the floor and just just wild shit. Um, speaking of, of, of gutter shit like that, longest road trip you've ever you, car trip. You, you said you drove one. to New Orleans. Yeah, actually, the longest like uh, emotionally, though, is I took the Greyhound. From Ooh. San Jose to New Orleans once. Whoa! Um, With a brick strapped to you, like who, what the? <laughs> I, I might as well have. So this is another story. I was twenty, and I had some friends who were living in New Orleans, and I had like a three-week window where I it was in it was like after school, but before like an internship started or something like that. I don't okay. remember what the exact circumstances were but i went with no like return date in mind wow. and um i but i knew it would be about that long so i had my mom take me down to the bus station in downtown san jose right Holy by the caravan wow. and i thought because of how like the movies are and stuff when i went they would give me one ticket and on one bus i would just go through <laughs> right, america right, right, right. and <laughs> end up in new orleans right, right. It, they gave me a stack like two inches thick. Weird transfers and of shit, like, right? Dude, the they treat you like shit on the Greyhound, <laughs> dude. It's like I, I, I'm a privileged white person. Like I was getting treated like a fucking asshole. Like they drop you off places at three o'clock in the morning and tell you to go to the bathroom and they'll leave you if you don't come back. Oh, and there's nice. no good food. I was, um, I was. It was the NBA Finals. It was the Lakers. Um. So I'm I'm at the bus station in Houston, Texas, and I go outside and I'm trying to smoke weed. I'm like a weed fiend at this point in my life. So I have like a cigarette and I'm trying to like smush a little nug into the tip <laughs> of nice. it by been the there, dumpsters in Houston, Texas, which the, the Greyhound station is always in the worst part of town. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So I'm like trying to light up my weird little makeshift joint and this like not homeless, but kind of like street dude comes up to me and he's like. What are you doing out here, dude? Like, <laughs> do not be out here. Wow. Like, you need to go inside, like, wow. right now. So I did, and he came with me. <laughs> and they have those things. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're, like, um, plastic chairs, and on connected to, like, the right arm of the chair will be a TV. Yes. Like yes. a six-inch yeah. TV. old school. Yeah. It was old school. It was in the early 2000s or late 90s. I can't remember. It was either 99 or 2000. So um, I had enough quarters or whatever to put on the game so i put it in and like that dude kind of hung and was like hanging on the back of my chair and we're talking about basketball and stuff and then at one point i turned around and like 13 people were behind me and we were all (laughs) watching the game on this like six inch like black and white tv so it went from like what could have been a really gross bad situation that i put myself in because i was like Feenan, frankly, mm-hmm. um, and then turned into this really cool little thing. And then, like, eventually my bus had to leave, and I was just like, you guys finish the game on me. <laughs> and then, like, went on went on my way. So generous. Yeah. Damn. That, that's cool. That's a cool experience, man. It was. Wow. It was. It, it went from dangerous to, like, quaint pretty wow. fast. But that's, you know, part of my charm. <laughs> <laughs> the dangerous to quaint experience. <laughs> Shout out to our sponsor, Greyhound. Uh. <laughs> Dave, you, you've kind of been to the fucking far ends of the earth. Yeah, as, as I mean, well. I 
Tuttle. What's the weirdest place Tuttle. you've turned up? Weird? Um, I wouldn't say. I don't know about weird, but scary. Um, uh, Misa and I. Uh, shout out to Misa, my partner. We were um, in Johannesburg for um, New Year's a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and the next day. So you know, once you leave the sort of village square. It's like the Wild West out there, dude. Yeah. Tumbleweeds and like groups of black dudes, like get the fuck out of my neighborhood. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. And like, if I if I encounter that like in Korea or something, I'm like, get the fuck out of my face, you <laughs> little fucking chinks. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but like, in you know, I'm not fucking around with some you know physically apt fucking dudes in their mm. neighborhood. So that was pretty scary, and we were just like hung over looking for water. You know. Wow. Literally, you take a right turn, and it's like Mad Maxian, straight up, straight yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like that when I went to Panama. Um, they have the like the tourist district and it's really nice and they have like insane coffee there. Like I was like, you know, when you feel like lightning is going to shoot out of your fingers, yeah, yeah, like yeah, we had yeah, done yeah. like some coffee <laughs> tasting around the good places and I had no like filter for the level of caffeine I was taking in. So I was like, oh, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. And um, we turned the wrong corner and we were in rubble. Nice. <laughs> like I thought nice. rubble was like. A thing of the past right. like in Ooh. panama city no. it's two blocks away from yeah. the best coffee shop in the world like we the people were just looking at us like what get out like why are you right. here dude right. like right. you right. took a wrong get just get go the fuck dude out it's here. like yeah. there's you want to think there's like a dignity in poverty and there is in a way like in the abstract but when i'm i I was like the richest person for miles. Well, you know what I mean? Well, it was just like, yeah. it was gross. It was it's, gnarly. It's, it's that thing where like, um, and I've experienced this a little bit, is like where the where the quote unquote first world and the third world touch. Right, when I, they collide. I, it doesn't I, become the second world. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> that, that makes me feel like, oh, I'm, I'm literally in danger. And actually, I deserve to be. I would rob mm-hmm. me. In that exactly. in that yeah, right. in that right. situation, right. well put. That's yeah, how I felt. Exactly. Yeah, like, so I shouldn't be here. I'm out of place. I'm making them feel bad. They're making right, me feel bad. Right, right. I yeah. can't like giving a dollar is not helpful. I no. need to get the fuck out of they here. They could yeah. murder you. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. thankful yeah. they're choosing not to. Yes, you know? totally. Yeah, off top. So so it, a couple lessons here. Don't take edibles on 13 hour flights (laughs) go with xanax uh midwestern motels when you're past about 1920 not the biz um stay away from greyhound stations um and keep listening to the dad bod rap pod Bod Rap Pod, we are back uh, talking about tour life and uh, and you just got back from tour. I did, so I dope. did, so I dope. did. How um, was it? Yeah, uh, fucking amazing. I went to uh, I went to Vietnam for eight days for a series of shows with the uh, Vietnamese classical instrumentalist Vanang Vo. Um, who lives in the Bay Area but is a native of Hanoi, mm. uh, first Vietnamese Grammy winner. Um, is that ha- true? Yeah, that's, that's cool, dope. man. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. She is she is a a big deal in certain circles. Has worked with Kronos Quartet, Yo Yo Ma, um, and she your uncle, right? <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> aunt. Um, so so yeah, she has this kind of vision of of making Vietnamese classical music. Uh, relevant to younger audiences so she brought myself along she brought one of uh my homies nasty ray who's a, a world-renowned uh break dancer 
drum uh two drummers a bassist um yeah so it was it was this crazy kind of mashup thing and we did seven shows in eight days wow <laughs> um, that's not including uh bridge fest hanoi which is a government sponsored concert for youth which there were literally ten thousand people there i was the only black person in the <laughs> fucking building like the only non-asian in the building were it was, it was people wild. tripping out on you like were people yeah. staring yeah, like absolutely what's the vibe? Oh, totally absolutely but not in like uh an off-putting way just like this kind of fascination with sure. like sure. like who are you and what are you doing and then after we got off stage um for bridge fest anyway or for, for every show we did was like can I take a selfie with you? Oh my goodness! Is I'm that the so new excited. autograph? Absolutely, of course, of absolutely. Course. That's absolutely. mad endearing, though. It it is, and I mean, from seven year olds to moms to to teenagers, and um, especially in, in northern Vietnam, people were just so. It's a huge Hanoi is a huge city, mm-hmm. but people were like almost kind of like down south charm for sure, very open and and mm-hmm. and welcoming. Um, and before I, I try to sound like I'm, I'm a big deal, this is my first time doing any shit like this. Like, <laughs> I, I've dreamed of going on tour, and you kind of think in your mind, like, what it's going to be like mm-hmm. uh, for years and years and years. Uh, but this is my first experience. Uh, shit was mad hard. Nice. Shit was mad hard. It's boring, right? That's, like, kind of the thing no one wants to talk about. <laughs> There's just a lot of hurry up and wait. Right. You know what I mean? You're, you're sitting in airports. You're sitting in the hotel lobby. Right. Like, you're sitting at soundcheck. Mm-hmm. But the, the high points are so fucking high. Talk that, a little bit about the food. Because, I mean, people oh from San God. Jose, I mean, everybody thinks they're Vietnamese food aficionado, which we, we are pretty lucky out here. But it's next level out there. Yeah. it It's one of those things where um Vanong and the rest of the kind of Vietnamese expatriates in our group were like no you eat this here like you think you know mm-hmm. you think you know some shit but you don't know anything uh, because it's about the ingredients like right, right. they're like this is from the Mekong Delta this morning exactly eat exactly. this shit yeah. and you know what every time I was like oh yes this is the best thing I ever tasted <laughs> uh right. tofu from heaven fried tofu from fucking heaven morning glory stems which I'm like mm. I didn't know you could eat that flour oh, they're delicious uh fried squids just the best food i've ever had on like a day-to-day basis Um, i don't know if you guys are watching it but on top chef this season there's a chef named nini and Mm. she is vietnamese and she they're in uh kentucky so she's doing like mekong delta meets mississippi delta (laughs) kind of like styles on her food it looks pretty crazy okay yeah yeah. she's not from around here which is crazy to me interesting yeah anyway would to say more would be to spoil this season of Top Chef, but worth a watch if you're yeah. in, okay. into with that the, kind of thing. Which we're not here to do on the she dad body. She uses fish sauce in her dad body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fish yeah, sauce but, but, and grits. Is that what you just said? That's so funny. <laughs> but there's a correlation, right? As somebody who's, you know, uh, my, my roots are from the South. There mm-hmm. is kind of a, a Southern cuisine feel sure, sure, to, sure. to Vietnamese cuisine. Um and just, you know, again, the openness, the hospitality of mm-hmm. folks and also like um, the influence of of American culture as reflected through K-pop. Interesting. Right. So that's right. super the, huge. The yeah, hegemonic cultural it form is. right now. Yeah. It, it's Absolutely. their biggest export. Um, yeah. Korea's. Yeah. Like, and, and, and Vietnam is is eating it up. Oh, so totally. These, totally. So these kids are are kind of experiencing our culture as it's by way of, of South Korea and it was just really interesting to um to kind of see our stuff reflected back to us so when we performed at bridge fest um 
I was terrified because there was a young woman, Vietnamese woman, who performed before us, um, who was like the Cardi B of North Vietnam. Whoa. The kids knew her shit. She was doing Vietnamese triplets. She wow. was like kind of singing hooks, kind of Drake-ish. Kind of Viet. That's all I got. Dave Bob, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tip your waiters. Um, yeah, so we're we're sitting there. We got to come on right after her, and we're like this kind of classical music. Who's mashup. ready for some classical music? <laughs> Dude, I was like, I'm looking at the members of the band, and we're like, we're going to die. Like, we're, uh, we're seriously about to fucking die right now. Um, went on stage, you know, Van An's doing her thing. She plays three instruments. One is kind of a wooden xylophone. The other one is called the Dantron, which is like a, a zither mm-hmm. type uh, string uh, instrument. Instrument, And then she plays this thing called the, the Don Bow. Please don't kill me for mispronouncing <laughs> that, which is a one string thing <laughs> that seems like a, like a theremin. Right. So she's kind of going between these. We got the drummer going. Nasty Ray comes out, starts spinning on his head. Kids go nuts. Yeah. Go nuts. The I, universal language of that's super hard. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like he flipped off stage and the kids are, are super excited. They're jumping up and down. They've got the lights on their phones. And then I kind of come out and do my thing. Well, did you rework some of your old songs or did you write new stuff to these arrangements? Like what were you doing? Right. I, I was doing... Uh, pieces that I knew really well yeah. of my own stuff <laughs> and kind of inserting it because I was like, I don't know if if they would even understand. And they didn't. Right. You know what I mean? The language barrier is they, they speak English, but to hear rap in English is Most of is the tough. people who are not my hip hop friends don't understand what rappers are saying in anyway, English. Right, right, like they just right. can't catch the rhythm of it uh, and they, right. they can't they can't separate the words mentally. Yeah. So I was just like, they're not gonna understand what I'm saying. My entertainment parlor trick is like freestyling off topics mm. and like doing all that and I'm like, that's just not gonna work. Right. So I stuck to some tried and true pieces, but I'll tell you what really resonated with them is me jumping up and down and going, Hey, hey, <laughs> and they're like 10,000 people like primal and rhythmic right, right. yep That's yep and they're like black guy jumping on stage this is interesting yeah. and they were like right there with yeah. us and and just super Basketball, hospitable also huge in asia Kobe Bryant though. It's really? Kobe it's it's all Kobe, Kobe huh? all the time. That's fascinating. I didn't, I didn't see one Steph thing. I didn't see one any other player but fucking Kobe Bryant. Wow. Yeah, it was a little disappointing. Bay Area Vietnamese folks need to send their families back some care packages. <laughs> Dude, with if the you go quickness. to the Philippines it's Steph. Oh, all over. totally. Totally. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so it it you know, kids are, are hella welcoming. In addition to Bridge Fest, we did um, a series of Performance demonstrations at local universities. We went to the Vietnamese Military School of Arts and Culture, which was a hotbed of rap talent. Oh, <laughs> off top, off top. <laughs> yeah, well, they had a they had a big band, and they had like this avant garde jazz trio that performed for us. Uh, and then we're on, and like the first first three rows of the auditorium are like Vietnamese military personnel right. in full garb, mm-hmm. just like kind of looking uh, at you. Fifty Cent bought the first rows of jaw rules show <laughs> and just just to leave it empty it's just like some stone-faced Dude, dudes just kind of just looking and i'm like is this a show trial must i prove my my loyalty to the state this is gonna be uh but but they were super receptive we even had one of the cadets i guess came up and was like break dancing in full garb with that's nasty cool. ray that's cool um that's cool. and we did this whole thing in conjunction with the u.s embassy um and just like 
chopping it up with actual diplomats. Like, yeah. Yeah. like I'm like, oh shit, do you know about Cameron? Like, do you know? <laughs> are, are these jokes gonna land? Yeah, yeah. The whole time I'm like, I guess a diplomat joke wouldn't land with you. Jules Santana not. brought a gun to the airport. Can I do that? No. <laughs> diplomatic community, anyone? Uh, <laughs> so, so super fun. Um, I had a great time. I would, I would totally go back. I hope to uh, go back at, at some point. Uh, we also went to Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon, um, and did a show at a spot called Soul Academy, which is like uh, the the fame school from the TV show Meets Yoshi's. Okay. Kind of just deluxe, super mm-hmm. nice venue. Um, uh, Asians with British accents, mm-hmm. meaning they have mad money. Right. Off top. Right. Singaporeans. No, totally. Totally. Singaporeans, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I met a woman, like I, I used to work right. for Would you for say they Sony were crazy Asians. rich? <laughs> <laughs> Just crazy. Just crazy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so totally great experience. Um, and, you know, being able to be abroad, traveling, actually getting paid. Yeah, you know, dude, that's right. Yeah. You know, eating for free, the whole, the so whole envious, bit. Man. Yeah, I've never made money on a trip. Yeah, <laughs> it's like totally foreign to me. Yeah, right, I came back and I'm right. like, oh, I have money. Right, like right. it's it was wild. Um, and plus, your dollar goes so far. Ridic. What's the rate? Ridiculous. It's one for one dollar. It's twenty three thousand dong. Insert your own jokes. Um, so you're pulling out of the ATM millions, millions. Right. Millions. Yeah, yeah, you're like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna get seven million dong again. Insert your jokes. So, but, <laughs> but. How much is a thing? Like, give me, give me a. a beer, How much is a coke or a uh, beer? So a beer would be like forty thousand dong, which is like a dollar, a dollar fifty. Um, you can get. Uh, I didn't get this because I know they don't have black barbers there. But some of <laughs> some members of our group were getting were getting haircuts yeah. for the equivalent of four dollars American, where you got a forty five minute head massage. Wow, that Damn. came with it. So you're. It, I could see why people love Vietnam right now is because um, the people are super open. Everything's new. There's not like the the dusty American dollar hasn't corrupted everything right. yet. Totally. Um, definitely coming. But yeah, it was it was a great experience and it made me think about uh, like, man, some people do this shit for a living. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. for real, for real, because by day eight. I was like, I'm going to die. Right. <laughs> like, if I don't have a day off and, like, you know, being in Asia and waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day because there's a 15-hour time difference and working 18-hour days. Mm-hmm. Like, I I salute people like uh, uh, Slug um, who have toured forever, oh, right, Evidence, right. people who just tour, tour, tour and can get up and do their thing because – if there was a ninth show that or an eighth show that we did, I wasn't gonna be able to make it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I feel I, that way and I'm not performing in <laughs> totally. my travel. I'm just like, I need a hotel day. Like Totally. Yeah. Um I'll just yeah. sit there with the T V channel that in the hotel that's about the hotel, just like <laughs> looping and like tripping out, like oh, saltwater pool. I didn't know that. Uh, commercial about the hotel restaurant. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just no. like chilling. Like, yeah, dude, you have to have downtime. Right. It's a right. very key part of the travel experience, right, right. I think. You can't I don't have FOMO like that. Right. Like I don't I'm right. not like I need to cram everything in. I'm like, I need to pace myself. If, mm-hmm. if I can open the window and like I like to like smell places like, totally if oh, i can right. see and smell what's going on from the hotel not mad totally not mad at all i so. went to barcelona when i was like 18 and then i went when i was like 36 and it smelled the same yeah no totally. and i had that like you know they say uh, smell has the most 100%. sense memory mm-hmm. i was just like oh my god yeah. like oh i 
let's turn left. I remember something. Oh, you know no, what I mean? It was so 100%. weird. Especially Vietnam with the with the senses of smell. It's just like reading. Oh, it's, it's like a, a wonderful lemongrass and fish and trash and people. It's, yeah. it's hardcore. And smog but and concrete. Like and I was just, I, I got on the plane and I'm like, I'm sad. Totally. Yeah, I, totally. I miss I'm going to miss this. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to miss this. this. Right, right. Yeah, I miss um, it can both of you who have been, and sadly I've never been, but I want to remedy that. Um, how do you cross the street? You just go. Guile. <laughs> Straight guile. So in, in Hanoi in particular, um, Google crossing the street in Hanoi yeah, totally. to, uh, to understand oh, how, yeah. how many it is. Um, there's no traffic laws. Like, it's right. just survival of the fittest. You right. go when you go. But I was afraid to cross the street first two days. Day three... I saw an old woman do no, it. No, no, totally. And I was 90 like, year old women, like mm-hmm. straight up. You just have That's to crazy. walk. You have to walk. What the diplomats told us walk diagonally, um, walk in groups so people feel mm-hmm. like they got to mm-hmm. swerve around like, you. You'll fuck up the car if you hit yeah. us all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of like or you're fly go- off your moped. The, the, the Honda scooter is <laughs> going to get totaled if you hit us, and you just, you don't stop. She's like, yeah. you, you yes, really got to exactly. just, like, yeah. If you stop, you're dead. You're like, oh, shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's it's counterintuitive, though, because it I'm is. like, I'm an American. I'm waiting for the walk sign. Yeah. <laughs> it's a green light. Part oh, of the yeah. reason we have not gone is Lucia, my lovely wife, who I love dearly, does not cross the street unless the little man <laughs> is on there. And okay. I've, like, been four blocks ahead before I realized <laughs> she didn't even cross the street, like, when we got out of the car. And then it's like... I. I think there's a couple things about compatibility in marriage. You better like the same TV shows. Yes. It would really help if you walk at the same speed. Yeah. Okay. And like there That's are a... little things that they don't tell you when you're signing up for this lifelong commitment <laughs> that would be really good to get. So if you guys are out there dating and you think she's the one, yeah, figure that out. <laughs> Love lines with Nate LeBlanc. <laughs> totally. Here on, uh, uh, it's just a funny walk. thing. It's just like uh, if we're if there's like two couples or something, like mm-hmm. the dudes will be like four blocks ahead. It's just walking speed matters. And yeah. so we, part of our joke, internal joke, is we have offers from Dave and Misa, amongst other friends of ours. They're like, we'll take you. We'll show you how to do it. We'll get yeah. you all the good food. Yeah. yeah, Best places to stay. Massage. Like, get a suit made. Like, let's go do this. It's going to be yeah. so fun. And we're like, <laughs> I, I like comfort. Yeah. I mean, I, I like not being sweaty. Yeah. I, I like it's, uh, my, it's mad sweaty. You know, it's mad sweaty. You know, yeah, all yeah, that stuff. So we, we, we need to go and yeah. we need to like nut up and like learn how to cross the street. But uh, there's there are reasons why we haven't gone. It's <laughs> exhilarating once you figure it's it out. A, it's exhilarating. It's definitely hardcore, though. Action I mean, sport. Yeah. It's like you're, you're a part of this organism, this swirling organism. And, you know? and it's, it's hardcore. It seems dumb, but like. Yeah, I like literally was missing. Like, I want to see a thousand right. scooters in totally. the middle of the street totally. driving on the totally. sidewalk. I feel like in San Jose, it's very sterile, right? Right. right, yes. right? right. Um, I, so I, I yeah. think I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before. Every once in a while, pardon me, I trip out because I'm like, people listen to the light. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's society. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this. This experiment works, and every once in a while, someone will uh, not wait. Like obey the light and it's chaos (laughs) and it's like really dangerous and putting people's lives at risk and it's just like dude you gotta listen to the light so if there's no lights and no lines no i I feel like i almost need to see that there's there's lights but it's just kind of like it's a a suggestion right exactly like you could you could stop maybe or you could not or you could just keep going and Mm -hmm. it I, what I loved about Vietnam, and I hope to explore Asia further, is that it's the furthest that you can fucking get from here. Right. I haven't been to Africa yet. I want to go to Africa. But um, Western Europe is 
is is different. It's old. Right. It's rustic. Right. But right. it ain't that different totally. from America. Totally. You know what I mean? No, it's like totally. when you're leaving. When you're on the plane back, it's like you're leaving somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm going home. I'm leaving somewhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's like you're leaving a fucking different galaxy. It's not like oh, I'm mm-hmm. just leaving. Uh, you know, Spain or something. Right. You know, which I is totally plane. that makes sense. Um, another thing, since you guys have been there and I have not, there's a thing I associate with actual driving in Vietnam or other like. Con- call it Cambodia or Laos sure, or other Southeast sure. Asian countries where like, people do a hi- preemptive honk. Yeah, 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 they yeah. do like a, a light honk. Mm-hmm. All, all the it's, time. It's like a tap honk yeah, yeah. to like every... let, let people know you're coming. Exactly. exactly. It's announcing you know, y- your presence. It's yes. kind of like, yeah. uh, maybe get out the fucking way. Right. right. Or, right, right, right. or not. But they had these fly as some of the buses that we were in had this fly as reverb honk that was like, we as musicians, we're like, that shit is wild. That you're like, fly God. So the reason I bring it up is, um, Lucia works in Cupertino and Cupertino is a very, Asian community and people in the Cupertino library parking lot will do the preemptive honk. Oh, nice. I'm like, I okay. see you, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't need a. Yeah, this like, isn't exactly District 2 Hanoi. Yeah, or, it's you know. just funny. And yeah. uh, you have to have kind of an old car where the horn's like super broken in to right, get like right, a light tap right, on it. Like right. if I try to do a light tap in the Volvo, it's like. No, totally. And like super rude. Yeah, yeah. It's, to like do that. So but but nobody's funny. aggro. It's, no it's so aggro. It's so it's wild that it's it's so chaotic, but nobody's like, fuck you. Oh, and totally. All, all uptight. Totally. Like it's just like, oh, I almost hit you with my Honda scooter and I'm going to keep it moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd have a mattress on my back. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird I'm understanding just... that like underpins everything. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Because there's like a billion fucking people. Right. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? It's just totally. like, it's so many people on people on people, on people, on people yeah. that they just, they're, they're more chill about it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very, we're as, as Americans, definitely in San Jose, we're very much like, this is my personal space. Oh, totally. Yes. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, you don't, don't even touch know. me. Don't breathe so, on me. So another little story from the ignorant white person. Um, <laughs> Usually, like, I have to, like, steal myself to go to the Asian market. I actually just went on Sunday because we were having a guest over for dinner, and I wanted to, my, the dish is that I were making were kind of in that flavor profile, and I kind of want to get Mitsua? some new- some um this the, we ended up going to Marina Foods in Cupertino, hey. but I'll go to Lion or um the one that's over on Brokaw Road. I can't remember the name of that one's really intense. The mm-hmm. parking lot's intense, and the like um the actual market is intense. So basically. Um, I have to uh, renounce my personal space. It's kind of like the airport, yeah. the airplane thing where I do sure. a little mantra. I'm just sure. like, it's okay if this grandma pushes up on me. Totally. And yeah. like, I can't get mad about it. And I'm also not going to apologize when I cut right. the right. corner there and try, no to, try to get faster. Right. Like, right. it's just like, I actually, I actually felt accomplished because um, only one person cut in front of me. <laughs> like, I, I didn't have to wait out like five different people nice, going in front nice. of me. And they like, people kind of respected my where i was in the grocery line but it's just like the attaining of the green onions is like an experience (laughs) dude like everyone's going through the piles like looking for the best ones as am i i'm kind of looking at the ones they're discarding and see if they would be okay Mm -hmm. for me but it was just like it's the the sense of personal space is different enough that if i don't get in the right headspace before i go in there i'm gonna be pissed yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. you just gotta put on your ho chi minh t-shirt go, dog. (laughs) (laughs) which speaking of t-shirts i tried i tried to go into one of Uh, the clothing shops you can't buy clothes in asia that's for sure bruh bruh i was like um you know i was looking at a t-shirt and i'm like oh do you have large and she's like is it for you or a friend <laughs> and i was like it's for me she's you like you have 7xl yeah she was like actually you need a double xl and we don't have that 
I've never felt fatter in all my days. Uh, I don't mean to embarrass you, but it has really stuck with me, but I just can't remember mm. the term. But the first time you guys went back, uh, you told me that they call you and Misa like a certain term. Like yeah. you're basically like uh, that, yeah, you, that it, you're fat. Essentially, right? It's like no. you're like that. You're. It's like because you're not fat. Uh, no, 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 no. It, it, it's it, it. It the the term is Viet Q. Thank you. Uh, but, but I can never remember. What but the it's term not. Is. But it's not specific to weight. Okay. Thank you. It's Nate. about being Americ- Americanized, <laughs> it's about right? Being, it's yeah. It, you're you're a returning Vietnamese person. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then, you know, and it's like, yeah, I'm wearing my fucking Misfits T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Like, they can tell you're not. From yeah. Here. Totally. Yeah. Uh, anti-social social club. Goes hard, huge there. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Still, still goes hard. But you know, I, I feel like, um, I think the rap tour is like, I, I don't know about rock tours except for like, uh, in movies. But I think the rap tour has its own kind of chic. And I wasn't on sure. a rap, I wasn't on a rap tour. Guys. You were on a Vietnamese classical music tour, absolutely. <laughs> it, which is which, which is, is a different animal. Yeah, which is a different animal. But for anybody who's like, it's a rare animal booked their own shows or anything um artists have these things called writers Mm -hmm. where they kind of specify what they need to be comfortable what you have to have for them are you giving them the definition of a writer (laughs) (laughs) ambitions even Uh, (laughs) rough writer uh, so so there's tour writers right like um one time in another life, when I was I was trying to be a promoter, we uh we booked Tony Touch, DJ from New York. Tony Toka. Tony Toka, <laughs> um, who's uh who's super dope. Um, one of his things was like, you know, you got to have these specific potato chips when I pull up, and it was like something you needed to get at the Latin grocery store type market type shit. And we couldn't find it, and in the end, he was like, ah, it's not a big deal. But don't they do that? To make sure you're paying attention, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I think some of them are just like time bombs. Yeah, but um, apparently, according to uh, HotHipHop.com, <laughs> uh, who produced a, a ten craziest hip hop writers list, um, some rappers actually have some very interesting uh, tour writers. Um, DMX, so that you know this is dated. Um, DMX's writer includes three fifths of Hennessy. <laughs> one six pack of Sun Kiss soda, one carton Newport cigarettes. Duh. Carton. Um, wow, that's a lot, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do three shows. I mean, you where be- he lives now, their currency. So maybe he was just stocking up. Is that rude? <laughs> Two boxes of Magnum condoms. Uh, now or later is a sort sorted flavor. I'm going to put that on my writer just totally. to give everyone the wrong totally. idea. <laughs> I put that on my business card. So. <laughs> Uh, Meek Mill, 100 mild or lemon pepper wings. Wow. Damn. That's yeah. a lot. That is a lot of two gallons of simply raspberry lemonade. Okay. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> I, I really. A caffeine, I, a little sugar. I really respect it. He has it. to yell for like an hour straight right. when he gets up there. Right. So he needs. That's a lot of wings though. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Wings, yeah. yeah. I'm good after five. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on where they're from. Right? Imagine that wing stop DoorDash. Oh, Like, man. dude. Um, Not too meek, huh? So uh, let's let's take some some guesses at Drake's tour writer, just because that's that would be fun. Cotton balls, <laughs> cashmere sweaters, fluffy puppies, beard cheers, <laughs> beard oil, <laughs> other uh, people's rhyme schemes. <laughs> Child support, but not kidding. Um, <laughs> a hidden crib. Oh my goodness, <laughs> bassinet. Um, I I, I kind of don't think this is real, but maybe it is. 
four dozen natural scented incense sticks. Okay. Of, of fucking course. Dr. Broner's peppermint soap. I fucks with that. I it's do, too. I do, too. It's invigorating, right? Yes, it is invigorating in the southern regions of Hanoi. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um... Uh, Pinot Grigio. Um, Classic. But, but Very here's here's Pinkies why. Up. I, I think this is fake because it, it says Heineken. <laughs> wow. Drake don't drink no fucking Heineken. He could do better than come that. on. He's come putting on. that on for street cred. Yeah, he's an IPA guy. <laughs> you, know, you know that. <laughs> um, bottle of Jack Daniels and Patron and Silver. I don't buy this. Lies. Yeah. All uh, lies. So I have two brief writer stories. Um, I think I already talked about the time that we had. Andre Nicotina at doing in store at the record store where I worked, and he sang Goldfinger in his inimitable style in the back yes. while he's looking at the DVDs. Well, the other part of that story is that uh, he demanded is the wrong word, very strongly requested that if he was going to do this in store for free, he needed strawberry soda. Okay, it's actually kind of hard to find, Fine. and I would imagine soda, increasingly right. hard to find now. So he got like they would basically get like a a personal size like a Hawaiian pizza and uh, like a two liter of strawberry soda and he Damn. took it with him Jeez. and he, he left Damn, like Dre dog. he left like the the pizza crust at the table where he was doing the autographs and he was like <laughs> this is about my coworker John Celio who was like the talent handler for that day he was like tell your boy I'm done <laughs> And it was like the funniest That's thing I've ever hilarious. heard. And I was trying to bro down with him a little bit. And so like there was like a line of like a hundred kids waiting to get his autograph and talk to him and stuff. And he handled it all really well. It was a little pre-selfie. Uh, cell phones with cameras were not a thing then. But he was doing autographs and signing CDs and just, just interacting with everyone. And I was just like, damn, dude, you must be exhausted. Like at the end. And he was like. No, after this, I'm going to the club. Off top. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Off top. He was not exhausted talking to like 100 white girls who wanted to hear about the origin story of Ayo Mayayo. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> Dre dog forever, fam. Uh, okay, that's going to be my end of pizza uh, fucking quote now. Tell your boy I'm done. done. <laughs> um, then the other one is, uh, I was at this weird corporate event one time, and I was sort of, I ended up introducing them. And I had to get their writer uh, sorted out for Blues Traveler. Uh, nothing weird. Not that like not that weird of stuff. Right. Towels. Right. Um, the thing that will always stick in my mind was throat coat tea. Ah. Is that right? I'm not a stranger to throat coat tea. Yeah, okay. I have coated okay. my throat. Okay. Echinacea um, in the house. Okay. Totally. Yeah. And then some some like kind of oh, like normal stuff that they could get and they weren't dicks about it. And okay. their um their manager was this like old, like kind of like New York broad and like the things where we didn't quite hit the mark, like if it was like sour cream and onion instead of salt and vinegar, she's like, Come on. Really? <laughs> come on. Now I gotta go to the fucking store. Like, come on. <laughs> it was just hilarious. And there was like hours before they ever showed that's up. That's hilarious. That's yeah. but you can't request like something like hard to get. You can't be like Schweppes. <laughs> you know? Like <laughs> That's all my writer. <laughs> uh, I want some. Them, you know, like Yeah. Oh my goodness. Orange. So the Dadbod rap pod is Schweppes. <laughs> Magnums we are not going to use. <laughs> And Water balloons. Uh, strawberry soda. Yeah. Off, t- off That's top. Hilarious. Off top. So I. I... Water balloons. <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> you guys never did that as kids? Uh, um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
No. Oh, oh, Papa, we, had, we had real water balloons. <laughs> Papa was a Rolling Stone. Let's just say that. Um, we we should do fake rappers, uh, like fake writers for rappers. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Which I, which I actually think this this article is. That's I know, actually totally. uh, our uh, proposed show idea. We've never done the rap writers. Oh, this, right. This is like the sequel. Totally. Instead of getting a bunch writers. of nerds to sit rap around writers. and talk about rap music, we can just like have people list their tour demands. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm and now that I'm I'm an international rap star of, uh, <laughs> stage and screen, I'm coming in hard with my my own fucking writers. What what I really, really, really value and I will put on my writer from here to forever. Medicated wipes. I mm. when you're you're traveling the fucking the the, the the TP is a little gets a little rough mm. gets a little rough in the field um so have have my half ply have have <laughs> my my witch hazel joints on deck <laughs> when I show up bruh. that's funny because it's um, about comfort I wanted to ask you and now that we're having the fun part it seems a little heavy but I think you can go with me how did you feel being an instrument of diplomacy, like you for were for the U.S. government. Yeah, you were for the, Trump's you were government, representing right, the right, government. Right, like, yep. talk about it a little. Yeah. So, so number one, uh, when when I had to kind of submit the paperwork to be a part of this tour, I go, they hit my Twitter, they listen to my music. Like, I might not go. You know what I mean? Like, if they're really mm. being stringent. But then we had a government shutdown, so they couldn't check. Oh, interesting. Um, I didn't think uh, about that. Yeah. So everywhere we went, the diplomat was like, I can't talk. I can't be on camera because technically I'm not working right now. Okay, right? but they so still took care of you guys. They they still took care of us. Look, a diplomat ended up being like a, a, a portly white chick from Kansas. Like it's not it's not <laughs> as fly as you, totally, you might imagine. Totally. Um and you know, the way I think of it is this. Uh the US embassies have traditionally sent jazz around the world. Mm-hmm. So we're talking Everybody from Dizzy Gillespie to Louis mm-hmm. Armstrong. There's this incredible album, which I was trying to tell the diplomat about, and she wasn't hearing me, <laughs> um, called The Real Ambassadors, where uh, Dave Brubeck, Louis Armstrong, and a bunch of kind of players of that day from 1960 mm. um, talk about being sent out by the U.S. Embassy as this vehicle for diplomacy, but also having issues with, like, but America's not all the way right. Mm. It's a dope It's That's a dope, dope album. Is it, like, spoken word or, like, it's, it's sung. It's sung jazz. It's, like, sung. vocal jazz. Okay. Um, oh, okay. And, and so, and you know. we're like, fuck Uncle Sam. <laughs> <laughs> we're the real ambassadors. It has a, Flint, it has a Flintstones feel to it. But, but the lyrics are kind of are deep in the sense that uh, America holds up these art forms as its cultural export, right? Right, and then, and a way to say that, hey, this this is what's good about our country, and we want to we want to share that. And so the way I kind of mitigated it was, I didn't pull any punches with the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? I uh-huh. I still I still kicked my regular shit. It wasn't like, hey USA or no shit like that. Right, Jesus, um, uh, Man's down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Uh, as I learned, as I learned, it's and I'm gonna fuck this up, but it's like fa. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because exactly if you, if it you, rises at the end. Yeah, right? if you he don't say it with the ago. accent, it it's either street or prostitute. This is what I was told. So, uh, or fa a street prostitute. There it is. There it is. <laughs> but no, I I really didn't have a problem with it because look, I I feel like hip hop is the new jazz. It is America's chief export. I am True. American. You know mm-hmm, what I mean, mm-hmm. and and I made all the Donald Trump Trump jokes that I could yes. with with the diplomats and 
and the whole bid and um i bought communist t-shirts and everything yeah. so you know i kept it subversive right i kept it subversive yeah. and 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 kind of kept it moving but um you know there was a certain level of like you know i i i felt that little twinge that you're talking about of like yeah. should i should i you know how deep should i get involved with this right right so uh overall overall a good time um so we we have a uh the Ho Chi Minh of DJing is our <laughs> next. I'm trying to segue, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. He's the dictator of. Oh. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, sometimes we 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 shoehorn interviews into our segments. Um, we we have an incredible guest uh, that was kind enough to join us on short notice. Um, arguably, like DJ God. Uh, yeah. DJ Cubert um, was was kind enough to join us. I should have asked him if he ever been to Vietnam. I didn't ask him. Mm. Um, but uh, he's he's got some some new projects in the works. There's a, a kind of a Wave Twisters uh, prequel that he's working on, as well as some fly new technology. Um, he was kind enough to to talk to us while in the drive through at Jollibee's <laughs> in uh, in Daly City. <laughs> Um, he was almost another eating guest. I know, totally. totally. He he was getting food, which is our thing. To like, you know, five minutes later, totally. Well, he was totally going to be munching. I'm booking these cats at like six thirty. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, we do it at dinner time. Yeah, totally, totally. Dave's okay. job is hard. <laughs> yeah, no. Shout out to Dave for like we went from zero guest to like one of the best DJs <laughs> of all time in like fifteen minutes. Um, so, so yeah, we, we, we got DJ Kubert, uh, to talk with us for a little bit. Um, and so without further ado, here's our interview with Q. Oh, <laughs> dad bar wrap up. All right, Dad Bod Rap Pod listeners, uh, once again, we only have the dopest guests on our show. And today we are proud to be speaking to the legendary, the immortal DJ Kubert. How's it going, man? What's up, man? What's up? Yeah, living, living. Glad to have you on the program. So uh, you're a pretty good DJ, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> what a... Uh, <laughs> What's what's the latest and the greatest for Cuba? We'll we'll get into kind of some of the history and stuff. But like, what's the most kind of uh, prescient project for you right now? Well, right now it's the uh, 25 year anniversary of uh, Wave Twisters wow. Uh, wow. album that I made, and so um, I'm putting out like all these origin tracks. Uh, if you go to studrumble.com, you can download them for free. Oh, okay. Um, so each each song is um, what the what the character what they were in their past. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's called Wave Twisters Zero. I think I'll come out with like uh, nine characters. Okay. And so far, uh, B Boy Grandpa is up, um, <laughs> Honey is up, and uh, the Dentist. Dope. And I think Rubbish is next in a couple of days after the Nam Show. I'm gonna put it out for free on ThudRumble.com. Nice. That's that's sick, man. So it's been 25 years. I just I feel ancient now. Um, I think I was at the release party in San Francisco. Wow. Um, yeah. So is there? I'm new- sorry. Uh, Twenty. 20 years, not 20 25. years. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm only kind of washed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is there, is there a new movie coming out? 
to coincide with that? Oh, all that. I mean, we're kind of doing the same plan we did before. We just made the music, and all, the movie just kind of came with it. But that that is definitely a uh, uh, something we 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 would love to have you know have happen. Maybe uh, some some other thing crazy. Now that there's new technology, mm-hmm. you know, we can do other things. You know, Dope. video games or whatever, virtual reality, all that shit. That's right. Uh, Wave Twisters VR coming coming real soon. <laughs> um, what do you think the key is to your longevity in the game? I, I know turn, turntablism as a thing was was definitely um, a new phenomenon twenty five years ago. And how have you sustained in in this game that doesn't have a whole lot of people still at your level? Oh, uh, you know, I just. Um... I'm just doing something that I love, and, and I, I always look at uh, like, damn, what if um, did it with Scratch? What if we did, uh, uh, you know, like turning into a musical instrument, like for real, like you know, all these guitar albums I listen to. Mm-hmm. There's no singing on it. Guy playing a bunch of guitar, and like, fuck, why don't you have scratching albums like that? And so, yeah. You know, with that said. You see all these jazz musicians and other musicians, they're just doing it for life. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. some guys are like 90, 90 years old plus, and they're still playing piano or whatever as, as if they were, you know, in their teens or whatever. Uh, cool. Um, it's. I think that's, uh, it's interesting that you just kind of say it's your life. You're like, there's nothing else for you to do. Are you still... Um, in the mix for like working on other people's records are you are you looking for ways to feature or to get involved with other people's projects or are you just focused on your own creative projects at this point you know i'm, I'm basically focused on on our projects but let's you know here and there people call me like hey scratch on my shit do this do that for my home and we need you uh to scratch in a movie or we need you to scratch in uh credits i just did a the credits for um, Bob's Burger, that cartoon, that was kind of cool. Oh, nice. And all these weird things pop up. Yeah. Um, and did I see you with a Just Egyptian jump. lover as well? Yeah, see, the type of stuff, you know, they'll call, hey, uh, stretch on my shit. And then, <laughs> wow. So it's like that. So all those things, you know, pop up. Like I just did stuff with Hus Kingpin and then uh, what's that guy? Um, Conway and, and Westside Gun. Really? Whoa. Um, wow. We are looking for God, yeah. that. Wow, that's dope. Yeah, there's a song. It's called um, what the hell is it called? It's called um, uh, it's on the Fly God album. I already, oh, I already finished okay. the scratches. Wow. Yeah, it okay. came out already. And then there's another one, uh, Hus Kingpin. Uh, it's on the Cocaine album. Mm. Check that out. Okay, word. Yo, man. Well, you guys have. I mean, you've always had a pretty long history. I mean, going back. I mean, Dirt Style Records and everything. But you guys have always also been on the forefront of um, technology. So, you know, what what piece of technology? in 2019 excites you the most like what, what do you think is going to be a game changer you know we've been working on this mixer for so long it's called the invader and it's um it's a mixer with a computer in it and our goal is to have the you know you don't have to have a laptop it'll you'll look stupid having a laptop now <laughs> now after this mixer comes okay, out. Wow. So that'll be the um that's the whole uh goal so that's, that's we're going to try to um we're going to showcase a little bit of it at the nam show and see what okay. progress we've uh you know, it's come about getting it into fruition. Right on, right on. That's that's super dope. So yeah, so you, starting with like, you know, techniques all the way up to now uh, making the laptop obsolete. Um, where is this? Where is this going in twenty years? Like, are are you just scratching off of like a bar on your head? Like, what? <laughs> where 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 do you think this can this can go in terms of like turntablism in in DJ culture? 
I mean, if you look at the military and all their secret operations, they have stuff where uh, you can see you can see what people are thinking. Like you'll see on a computer screen, you'll see what people are thinking. There's a movie um, that kind of reveals that. It's called um, Minority Report. Right. Mm-hmm. And you uh, you know you hook up shit to head their head, and you you can now with musicians you probably could see the hear the music that you're thinking about, and it might be a lot easier to make that music. Like oh, I got this beat in my head, and then you. You kind of hook it up to the computer and be like, oh, it's something, something like this. And it can kind of help you make it a lot easier and faster. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a scary future to think about the music <laughs> in, in some of these DJs' heads. Uh, we're, we're doing a special kind of episode, this particular episode, about uh, life on tour. Um, do you have any, uh, any interesting uh, stories from the road, particularly about the Homie D styles? <laughs> who, who I know snores like a dragon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's just so many stories. Uh, I don't know. Uh, gosh, I, I, I can't pinpoint one. In 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 general, but, uh, though, like what what is what's a good tour for you? Because I know you've probably had some horrific thing. What what are the components that go into like a good tour experience for you and in the group? Oh, just, uh, you know, we have a lot of practice and we got a lot of training and, and you know, put in a lot of uh, work in the studio and, and we do our stuff and everyone's happy. You know, and that's, that's a good tour, you know, and the album comes out and it's all nice and, you know. Where, what's the scariest place you've ever been to? Oh, uh, the scariest place I've ever been to, um... Nothing. I mean, I, I mean, uh, this one time I went to uh, Romania, and then they were like, "This is the castle of Count Dracula." They're like, "Whoa, cool!" But it wasn't that. It wasn't scary, but it was just like, "Wow, that's fucking crazy!" The fucking reptilian uh, Count Dracula at the castle. Jeez, that works. Um, Q, are people still coming up with new scratches, or is it like the the palette is set and now everyone's just painting? Yeah. Uh, it's it's infinite. There's uh, you know, it's like how, how many ways can you dance? You know, it's like mm, it's, right. it's forever. How many how many how many songs can you sing or whatever? It's like it's, mm. it's forever. It's math. So what's the biggest number in in math? You know, right. it's, it's forever. <laughs> For sure, great answer. Yo, man, uh, we touched on D Styles a little bit earlier. Are you and um, D Styles and Shortcut and the rest of the pickles working on anything uh, new coming up? Yeah, we have. Um, we have two albums we're, we're thinking about. One oh, is okay. uh, an all-electro scratch album, and then there's Whoa. another one that's just another Invisible Scratch Pickles part two of that last album. Okay. Okay. Nice, nice. So we'll we'll definitely be looking out for that. You you said the the magical laptopless mixer is is not out yet, but you will be kind of uh, is it prototyping at Nam coming up? Yeah. Uh, so at um at the Nam show tomorrow, we're gonna go there and, and see what the development we had. We'll be at the Jesse Dean booth. Okay. So we're gonna hopefully it's all together. I haven't really seen it yet. We've just been talking online and doing uh kind of back and forth, but we're gonna see what, what they come up with. Hard Rich, Jesse Dean and Dudron was doing this whole collab to make the invader possible. Nice. Um, do you feel like when the when they arrive you'll switch to those phase units, like the needleless units, or have you messed with them at all or do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I uh, uh, I haven't messed with it super a lot, but from what I've what I've heard, uh, seen it, it's like it's kind of like this square thing. But I I told the guys to kind of like 
make it a little bit rounder on the edges, like a dome, like a disc, mm. so you don't hit your hand on it. Mm. You know. Uh, okay. Sick, sick. Okay, well, Q, we really appreciate you making the time. We don't, we don't want to get in the way of your drive-through. Um, <laughs> so we'll. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll let you go here, but folks, uh, be on the lookout for uh, the Wave Twisters Zero Origin Stories, as well as if anybody's going to be at NAMM. You, you'll be at what booth again? Uh, Jesse Dean will, will be over there uh, handing out some free stuff, and it should be fun. Right dope, dope. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on the program. Okay, yeah. I'll talk to you guys later.